0: Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me.
1: Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word.
2: Good morning and welcome to a day of prayer. Let's pray. God, I thank you for just... Allowing us to have a second chance in everything we do and just providing everything that we need, not providing nothing we need. And God, I also thank you for being there for us and just showing us how to do things correctly instead of just letting us go into the world and not know anything.
0: Amen, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So we are in First Samuel, chapter twenty-six. Uh, we're going to start with the first sixteen verses. All right. So let's get to it. it. Says, now the Ziphites came to Saul at Gibeah, saying, "Is David not hiding in the hill of Hechla, opposite Jeshimon?" Then Saul arose and went down to the wilderness of Ziph, having three thousand chosen men of Israel with him to seek David in the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul encamped in the hill of Hakilah, which is opposite Jeshimon by the road. But David stayed in the wilderness, and he saw that Saul came after him into the wilderness. David therefore sent out spies and understood that Saul had indeed come. So David arose and came to the place where Saul had encamped. And David saw the place where Saul lay, and Abner the son, or yes, and Abner the son of Ner, the commander of his army, now Saul lay within the camp, and the people encamped all around him. Then David answered and said to Ahimelech the Hittite and Abishai, the son of Zeruiah, the brother of Joab, saying, Who will go down with me to Saul in the camp? And Abishai said, I will go down with you. So David and Abishai came to the people by night, and there Saul lay sleeping within the camp, with his spear stuck in the ground by his head. And Abner and the people lay all around him. Then Abishai said to David, God has delivered your enemy into your hand this day. Now therefore, please let me strike him at once with the spear right to the earth, and I will not have to strike him a second time. But David said to Abishai, do not destroy him, for who can stretch out his hand against the Lord's anointed and be guiltless? David said, furthermore, as the Lord lives, the Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. The Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. But please take now the spear and the jug of water that are by his head and let us go. So David took the spear and the jug of water by Saul's head, and they got away. And no man saw or knew it or awoke, for they all were asleep because a deep sleep from the Lord had fallen on them. Now David went over to the other side and stood on the top of a hill afar off, a great distance between them. And David called out to the people and to Abner, the son of Ner, saying, Do you not answer, Abner? Then Abner answered and said, Who are you calling out to the king? So David said to Abner, Are you not a man? And who is like you in Israel? Then why have you not guarded your lord the king? For one of the people came in to destroy your lord the king. This thing that you have done is not good. As the Lord lives, you deserve to die because you have not guarded your master the Lord's anointed. And now see where the king's spear is and the jug of water that was by his head. All right, mm-hmm. So there's a lot in there. Do mm-hmm. you have any questions, comments, or anything that the Holy Spirit is mm-hmm. revealing to you?
2: Um, for me, I guess I want to know why David keeps having these confrontations with Saul, why he always gets so close, and it seems to go, he seems to go out of his way to prove to Saul like you were so close to dying, but I didn't. It seemed kind of like a waste of time a little bit.
0: Okay.
1: What do you think he should have done?
2: Uh, I just would have left, left him alone because so he already knows at this point Saul's not gonna change. No matter how many times you say, see, you almost died, Saul. But I didn't do it. I'm not a wicked man that you try to make me out to be. It doesn't matter, Saul.
0: Is that how the Lord interacts with us? No. Or he says, Okay, you've done this seven times, you've done this ten times, you've done this twelve times, whatever it is, whatever the number is, you're never gonna change? I'm no giving up on you. No. Okay. No not the Lord it's true but we should exhibit the same nature and characteristics qualities traits that the Lord exhibits which yes. is to show grace if someone continually makes themselves an enemy right now in this case David acknowledges the Lord's the one that appointed him he the Lord anointed Saul to be king yes. now King has cho- the king Saul has chosen to make himself an enemy of David However, David's also anointed. But he's still showing grace. He's still giving him the chance. And also, what does that do? It, it, burnt, it puts hot coals on Saul's head. right? Because it's the, you pursued this action. Making yourself an enemy. However, I didn't strike you down. In this case, David didn't strike Saul down. Again, where he could have. And in the natural, you can look at it and say, he had every right to do it. It wasn't about natural laws. He was always looking at what's pleasing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. All right. So, again, just like you see, time, even when David was in the kingdom, I'm going to come with proof, right? Whether it was for his daughter or whatever the case was, here it is, I'm going to count, count this out in front of you. I'm going to demonstrate, look, here's the piece of cloth from your Kate. I could have had your life. However, I spared it, even though you pushed it to this level. Yes. But it was proof of, look, this is the grace I'm, I have given. I didn't retaliate, even though you pursued this. Right? Out of love for the Lord, but also love for the Lord's people. Even if they're not living correctly.
1: And i would add to it david had the same call and anointing as saul but it wasn't david's time yet exactly that that's one one aspect of this and the other is because he had the same call is david called to divide the kingdom or unite the kingdom To to unite right so is it better to show that he's peace Right to show peace that allows this whole, because he's got a whole group of people with him, to allow this whole group, including himself, to be brought back in, or to tear it by war. Because if he tears it now, the whole thing is torn, right? And then there's yes. war breaking out and people are dying and lives being lost, et cetera, et cetera. But if he comes by peace and demonstrates, hey, I'm at peace with you. Be at peace with me. That that's how kings behave right in negotiating with other kings that they want to have treaties with etc etc they go by peace and then this unites the people and it allows his people that are with him to come home because they all have families
0: yes where if he makes them an enemy now through his actions against one person that's now a concern that he has to be wary of the entire time that he's in the position of of a king where Saul currently is. So what do you do? Do you eliminate all the potential threats? No. That's not very Christ-like. I just mean, why did he have to go to Saul's
1: camp but anyway? He was in the wilderness. He could have gone elsewhere. That's what I'm talking He could about. have run away. But how else can he demonstrate, hey, literally, they, these, are, these are war people, right? They, they fight when they have an issue, they fight. So how else can he show him that he's at peace with him because he has stayed away from him he has up until now?
0: All but been running
1: mm-hmm. for
0: years, yes. and yet Saul keeps pursuing him.
1: He's been away, so.
0: So Saul clearly hasn't taken the hint. But like any anything else, right? If you back it into a corner, well, an animal has to attack, right? There comes a place even in a person's life where they just get tired of the nonsense and now they have to demonstrate a different type of behavior and action i'm not tolerating this anymore right yes okay that works with spiritual things that works with natural things as well if you're okay with it then it just continues well when you're not concrete actions and steps are taken in order to not have that be a thing in your life anymore. This is all David's doing. But yet even in this, he's still giving grace. Does that make more sense? Yes. yes. What else? Hmm. Um.
2: There's two things I wanted to point out. Um, wasn't it the Ziphites who also told Saul the second, the first time that David was in there? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the exact same place? Mm-hmm,
0: It was. They betrayed him the first time with Abner, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I have to double check on that, but.
2: And the second thing is, I found it interesting. I was thinking about the last time we did the devotion about David's face. Saw the first time. I was thinking about it and the Lord showed me it was like you know Job, like those people. Just you could just tell by how they acted and how they're talking and the speech right here is the same. Explain. I think it was Job or Joab or his brother the first time it said Look, the Lord has put them into your hand. Strike him.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, got it.
1: When well, they were in the sense. cave. Yes. Okay.
2: Could, and I got that because you see the similarities between the speech right here mm-hmm. and the same thing. So I say they're continuously working with the devil and trying to make David fall. I
0: wouldn't say, oh, working with the devil is one way to phrase it. But it's letting the natural or human perspective take over. Right
1: the flesh the flesh exactly this is how we handle things in the flesh right but that inherently is a tool of the enemy anytime we follow the lust of the flesh certainly God is not in that and the enemy is behind it like oh thanks you just open the door and takes opportunity
0: in that and yes so each person that went with David with yes as you pointed out said a similar thing however What was david's response
2: no let's not do this because it's the Lord's anointed Mm
0: -hmm. exactly so he was steadfast which is an example for each of us to follow regardless of who says what or what i'll say temptation or whatever right because again natural perspective most would give a thumbs up and say yep let's just do this and rid ourselves of this problem
1: it'll be easier just get rid of it however this is the second time David's had this temptation Uh to exalt himself versus trust in the Lord to raise him up and do what he needs to do. And in verse 10, verses 9 and 10, Uh David looks at that and says, I I know what God says to me, roughly. and Yes, Saul's time is coming, but it's not going to be at David's hand because that's not what the Lord wants. Right, and, and David, you can see him even thinking it through and saying it out loud, if The Lord shall strike him, or his day shall come to die, or he shall go out to battle and perish. <clears throat> the Lord forbid that I should stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. So <clears throat> he's sharing that so that the other person gets the picture, right, that is with attending, you know, to the situation with him. But also he's speaking to himself uh-huh. so he can hear it. God has a time for this. God has a time to exalt me. God has a time. Yes, I am the anointed just like Saul. And yes, God said he's putting me in his place. And God said this, that, and the other. But it wasn't for David to exalt himself. Because that would have been in the flesh. That would have been wrong. That would have given the enemy place and disqualified him for the blessing that God had for him. Exactly. It says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And who will exalt you in due time? Mm -hmm. Not you will exalt yourself. Not people will exalt you. But God will do it when God says the appointed time has come. Okay? And God doesn't do anything unrighteously. He's not unjust. He is a good God and he's just and he does everything right. And he abides by every spiritual law, right, that is in action and in play. He meets them all. That's why Jesus could go, it is finished, because he took care of natural things and he took care of spiritual things. And God knows everything that needs to happen to make something just and righteous, and he does that. He doesn't violate himself. Well, David may not have known everything, right?
0: He, whether you want to say that he's just assessing the situation, or right? It's by one of these three things that the Lord will deal with him, right? is neither here nor there. He knew his role. And his place was not to stretch out his hand. Mm -hmm. He's like, maybe this will happen, maybe that will happen, maybe this other thing, maybe we will just die in combat. Who knows? But me, for my part, my role is to do this. So that's what I'm going to make sure that I do.
1: Mm -hmm. He's saying, God's got it. I don't have to try to make my own way. All I have to do is be obedient.
0: And you can see how the Lord has established him. Let's go back a second. Verse 2. How many men does it say that it's under David? Or is with him in this wilderness.
1: Oh, no, these are Saul's men, the 3,000 chosen men of Israel to seek David in the wilderness. Oh, yeah,
0: sorry, sorry. All right. My mistake.
1: That's okay, honey.
0: My mistake.
2: I think at this time, though, he had 600.
1: Which
0: was still an increase.
2: Previous
1: verse, previous chapters.
0: Which was still an increase.
1: And he's got two new wives. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Is rich so the lord has provided mm-hmm. all these things that well saul was supposed to give
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so it further shows people are fickle trust in the lord mm-hmm. he provides all your needs in abundance as david did everything that was required of him to i'll say receive what Saul had, had stated had promised, mm-hmm. however, Saul never followed through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the Lord, as you can see, has always followed through.
1: It's always faithful, Amen. You know when when God tells us things about the life that He has planned for us, He yes He expects us to mm-hmm. cooperate with Him. He expects us to walk with Him, like as in not resisting Him, not fighting Him, not telling Him no. He wants us to tell Him yes, and At the same time, let him lead, let him guide us and bring us into that land or that place that he's spoken about to us, whether it's a profession, whether it's a familial status, whether it's um, marriage, children, that's what I mean by familial status, whatever it is, trust him and walk with him, agree with him, and don't try to take it in the flesh and finish it and do it on your own. Let him carry it out. Don't be procrastinators. Right. Don't don't delay in what he's telling you, but don't run off and leave him either and go, thanks, God, I got it. You know, you hear one word that he says and you think you've got (laughs) the whole plan and you fly off down the road. (laughs) Right. And if the Lord were wearing a shirt, you'd snatch it off in the door as you speed away in your car to go do what he told you to do. You can't have his blessing without him. So stay with him. Walk with him and finish it. Finish the course that he set before you, but with your hand in his hand right and your thoughts being made to line up with what his word has already stated that's both his written word and his spoken word to you individually and he will make he makes those things line up he doesn't violate his own word when he speaks to us by the holy spirit it's not in competition with what the written word says they go together they are harmonious okay and they are going in the same direction because the holy spirit does not resist the father
0: So so you should not resist Mm-hmm. and also realize that you can't do it on your own uh-uh. right? It's stop by might stop by power but by my spirit says the lord right mm-hmm. you see this exact same thing working out here with david who yes is a tactician he is a mighty man of war and the people that are here he is with that are under him are also warriors clearly however why was he successful in that
2: Because he sought the
0: Lord for it, because the Lord was moving and acting on his behalf and caused a deep sleep to come over all of Saul's people. There was two people, right? Two people in the camp, and yet three thousand people didn't stir. They're standing over King Saul having a conversation about killing him or not, and about taking his stuff (laughs) right this spear that he has constantly been by Saul's side the entire time, his jug of water.
1: Quite a few words were exchanged. I mean, those, (laughs) quite a few words.
0: I mean, let's, let's look at things from a natural perspective for a second. When you have to talk someone down from an action that they are committed to carrying out, how do you think that conversation went? It was just nice and soft and,
1: no, no, please don't do that. It's it's going to be
0: okay. No.
1: Some loud whispering. No. There's, right? there's, there's going to no, be, some, that is gonna be some forceful
0: nature, if you will, right? going to be some loud whispering. Yes, exactly.
1: They probably weren't yelling and things like that, but loud whispering, for sure. No,
0: don't do that. Even if they had hand signals, uh, right? I'm sure it was it accompanied some loud whispering.
1: Exaggerated hand signals. Yes. If anything. <laughs> Yes, very (laughs) very animated. Right?
0: But the Lord was there. So the Lord protected them. They were able to to slip in and sneak out undetected. And it wasn't until David was calling out to Abner that all of a sudden there was a stirring. He had long since gotten away. Mm -hmm. There was some distance now. Mm
2: -hmm. Not that
0: distance is what makes... The whole safety piece is the Lord. Mm-hmm. However, it helps. It does. But right, if you guys are playing tag, is it better to be close or far away from the person who's at?
1: Far away. Okay.
0: So, same, same. Now, it's a little different here because clearly lives are on the line. If I was playing tag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: However, you can, you can see the principle, right? Yes. All right.
1: David has more understanding at this point. He doesn't struggle as much as he did the first time in the cave. Exactly. To take out his knife and cut something from his garment because he's getting more of the picture. Like, okay, Lord, I overcame this the first time. I can. He's building confidence in that nature. You can. You can see him growing and developing here. I mean, ready to go to the next part? No. Oh, uh, okay. How
0: do you understand the conversation that David had with Abner?
2: it appeared to be a little taunting in my opinion okay saying aren't you these things what did you guard the king I just came in here and did this but you were asleep you're no good Mm mm-hmm okay I kind of find it interesting like he says as the Lord lives you deserve to die then, one later chapter, Second Samuel, he doesn't want him to die. I kind of find that interesting, how he's one way now, next way.
1: Well, if you have a position like Secret Service, right, to guard our president, if they're napping when they should be guarding, uh, <laughs> somebody, somebody. It's not needs kind of it go down job.
0: Well. Yes, it works with the military. It works with anything, right?
1: Yes, you're okay. sleeping when you should be on watch. It's an issue. Mm-hmm.
0: How about as it applies to our spiritual life? Because there is the the surface thing, right? Or yes, it does look like he's taunting him. However, what's the deeper thing?
1: Explain it to us, honey.
0: So. What was asked of Cain when right? the Lord asked, where is your brother Abel?
2: He said, who am I? Am I, bro- am I my brother's keeper?
0: Okay. Which denotes what? Accountability. Accountability. His job was to help look out for his brother. Right? But isn't that our role as brothers and sisters in Christ? Right? So is to watch out for people. Abner, up to this point, has done
1: what? In this case, sleep.
0: Yes, sleep, and or whatever stall the king asks or requests, right? Yes. However, what did David do? What did Jonathan do?
2: Did the Lord ask them to?
0: Yes, but also yes, they acted on behalf of the king, but they also advised him. They watched out for him, or attempted to. To the extent that he would let him. Abner has done none of those things. Hmm. Right? Yes. So, you can, in a natural, say, yes, there is some taunting. There's also some rebuke, some admonishing. Right? You should have been doing these things. You should have been looking out for King Saul, advising him, giving him wise counsel. All the things that David was doing while he was there. Maybe he didn't fully understand everything that he was doing in following the Lord. But you can see the lie the now, right? Yes. Because his counsel, his advisors, people that are supposed to be in places and positions to protect him, right? Yes. Again, give him, Again, give him wise counsel are sleeping on the job. Going through the motions. The Lord tells us we are to be watchmen. However, it's the Lord that actually watches, right? That's our protector. Or we're watching in vain. It's also about building the house. And I mean the house of God, the church, the body of Christ. But the Lord has to build the house. Or those that build it are laboring in vain. So... You can kind of see that played out here. Everything that Abner has supposedly done—that he's probably gotten kudos for, right, or at least recognition from the king—in one instance, it's all out, and and the reality of things from both spiritual—a spiritual perspective and a natural perspective—are now put on blast. They're highlighted because it's off. He's not done what he was supposed to do. Yes. Do you understand that? Do you have questions? No, I understand nope. that. Okay. So do we understand how it applies to our lives? Yes. Okay. Wanna move on, honey? Honey. Sure.
1: All right. Then Saul knew David's voice and said, "Is that your voice, my son David?" David said, "It is my voice, my lord, O king." And he said, "Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done, or what evil is in my hand?" Now therefore, please, let my lord the king hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the lord. For they have driven me out this day from sharing in the inheritance of the lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. So now, do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of the lord. For the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Then Saul said, I have sinned. Return, my son David, for I will harm you no more. Before, I'm sorry, because my life was precious in your eyes this day, indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. And David answered and said, Here is the king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. For in, I mean, And indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation. Then Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way, and Saul returned to his place.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay. Who has hmm.
0: questions, comments, revelation
1: from the Lord? So, I, oh, oh, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Promise, and then I let you I
2: kind of found it interesting that Saul, even after he saw, was still trying trying to kill David. David. Stu said, return, David, but he wasn't like, he didn't first repent, then ask what the Lord wanted to do, and then ask for David to return. He didn't tell from his ways before he asked that David returned.
0: return. Okay. Explain, sir.
2: So, kind of like how Saul is trying to find and kill David, that when he asked for David to return, that he then first asked the Lord to show him how to get back on the right track. He just told David to return. Mike, you secretly going to try to kill David again if he returns, Is that what you're talking about? No, I'm saying, like, he didn't repent from what he's trying to do. So he still didn't
0: repent.
1: So he didn't change his ways. I mean, he did say that he had erred and acted exceedingly. Uh, he had played the fool and erred, erred exceedingly. But I understand what you're saying. His heart wasn't necessarily changed for a long term. It was just kind of like in the moment. He was saying, oh, that come back, that's the answer. Is that what you're saying? Oh okay. Well, I mean, how do you show someone that you're not going to kill them? <laughs> I mean, and this is again,
0: right? This <laughs> chapter twenty, the end of chapter twenty-four, is the same thing or a similar thing, right? Mm-hmm. It's different words, but at the core, it's it's identical. Which is acknowledging that the the good that's been shown us all by the Lord through David. However, it's the same thing, right? Come come back with me. They went, his own, they went their own ways.
1: How, how long will it
0: last? Yep, exactly. How long will it last, and how can two walk together unless they agree?
1: Mm-hmm. Ah,
2: What were you going to say, LaCharles? Oh, I find it interesting that he said, For they have driven me out this day for sharing in the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go, serve other gods. Mm-hmm. What about I it? I found it interesting that he said that they're trying to tell him to do that. But when you look at it, you don't really see that. But I'd say it's kind of there underneath the surface. Like when they're telling him to kill him, you can see that they're saying, Oh, look, if you kill him now, you will get all this. So I think that's what he meant when he said, Go and serve other gods. I mean, serve myself. Get
1: what I want. Okay. Well, what about. Do you remember when they were coming into the land of promise, when they were circling in the wilderness and finally they got to cross over?
2: Yes. Mm -hmm.
1: They were told that they were all supposed to have an inheritance Mm -hmm. in the land, right? Yes. And they were also told to deal with each other in a certain way so that their name wasn't cut off or blotted out from having possession in the land, right? Yes. Yes. David has been driven... And there's one more thing.
0: It also says, put away the gods that you served from other lands, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So David was not able to live in the land of Israel in in his own possession, his own territory, which is a promise from the Lord, right? These were the rules that everybody had, everybody understood, even to the point that if everybody in this generation or these family members died off, you're supposed to still raise up an heir and give them the land and let them live in the land that belonged to their fathers, even though they actually had a different dad per se they would give them the lineage from the person that they were filling in for if you will and the land that belongs to them so also because david was forced to go to foreign peoples foreign peoples have foreign gods so that's what he's talking about they've driven him out of the inheritance that god apportioned and promised for all the children of israel and making him dwell among foreign people and that serve and pushing him
0: The living God, the true and living God.
1: True. So he's saying by their actions, causing him to flee and not allowing him to come home, it's causing this. No, he's not worshiping other gods, but he's even being in the land land among them is an issue, right? And we see that the Lord articulated this in various ways at various times um, throughout the scriptures, especially in the early parts of the Bible. Um, So...
0: So let's, where did David have to go?
2: Moab,
1: the Philistines, Moab.
0: So he went to, yes, uh, to Canaan, essentially, right, where the Philistines were?
1: Yes. They're all in Canaan. Oh, yes. The land of promise. Just,
0: well, outside of Canaan, sorry. Yes. And he had to bring his parents to Moab to save them. Mm-hmm. so that there would be protection, right, from the king of Moab. Mm-hmm. That's two different complete areas. under two different kingdoms.
1: Mm-hmm. So as families being exposed to their idols and looking at that every day and having to respect the customs of, you know, possibly... To, or, to like. not create offense, sure. Mm-hmm. However,
0: mm-hmm. did that change who, their heart towards the Lord? That's between them and the Lord, right? But we see here through David, it didn't change him actually he drew closer he grew Mm -hmm. even while being away from israel and the promised land and right Mm -hmm. all these didn't have the ability to just go to the temple or the tent of meeting or right and hear the scroll being read or the word of god being read right he didn't have that however he still grew and became closer with the lord
1: yes he did yes yes he did yes leila a question um, one second wait
2: cain and Abel's in chapter
1: three of genesis correct
2: yes. Four. Four. It look,
1: four yes i think three is them falling in the garden
2: mm-hmm. when so verses 9 and 10 in chapter 4, when it was talking about Cain and Abel, and the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's uh, blood cries out to me from the ground. Uh-huh. It s- seems kind of similar to what David said when in verse 20, so now do not let my blood fall to the earth before the face of of the Lord. Um, mm hmm. With the rest of that. It seems similar. Is it?
0: Well, yeah. It's killing him unrighteously, call. unjustly. Exactly. As there's other places in Scripture where it says uh, that the blood of all the prophets from Abel cries out against people in judgment. Mm-hmm. It's guilty of killing all the prophets. How can that be? They didn't know them. Right
1: mm-hmm. and even that's a natural
0: perspective, the spiritual is it's the same sin, it's the same core thing, right what came out, their actions actually proceeded out of their heart
1: and god and in various places the Lord says that he will even require the blood from his innocent blood or rather require it from even a beast tearing mm-hmm. or killing someone and spilling their blood, so he's accounting for that. the hairs of our head are numbered, et cetera, et cetera so Um, it's not a small thing to the Lord. No. But also, why is that? If we go back to chapter 24, what did
0: David promise? Swear, actually. To whom? To Saul.
1: Not to cut off his family. Mm -hmm.
0: You will not cut off my descendants after me. You will not destroy my name from my father's house.
1: Which, again, is already the law that God put into place and said not to do that to each other.
0: Which David clearly has been violated of, right? Mm-hmm. And he's addressing that here. Mm-hmm. Right, so pointing out these, without saying so many words, the exact thing that you didn't want to have happen to you has been the case, has been happening.
1: That he's been doing to you David. Ha- yes,
0: you have been doing to me for all these, all this time, all these years.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. so what's what's also interesting to understand um in particular kyla you asked like why is david doing this so as he's explaining things to saul and going what did the lord did the lord send you here to get me or was it men the ziphites came and said hey come get him and it was people stirring saul up because as far as we know, he was as long as David was out of his face, he wasn't worried about it. Yes. But wicked people, right, and the enemy stirring in the people who yielded themselves as a, a tool or a member, yielded their members to be used by Satan to try to cause David harm and cause Saul to sin further, stirred him up, and Saul is no longer listening to the Lord, so he's being carried about by every voice coming and saying, well, you should do this, this sounds like a good idea, right? Every wind of doctrine, if you will. He's being carried around, and they came out and said, hey, he's hiding over here. Come get him. Well, David's been in various places. So David recognized that and said, hey, did the Lord send you out here to get me, or did people send you out here to get me? And then because God had already, the way David handled the situation, caused or allowed Saul's eyes to be opened for him to go, oh, that wasn't the Lord after all, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? And to realize that people were causing strife and trying to um, bring this thing about for whatever their reason. And it's spiritual, of course, um, but the the natural impact is how it's appearing here in the word. Um, And then it gives Saul the opportunity to repent to forgive and instead of it being a war and bloodshed David solved this matter peacefully and sent Saul went back home and David stayed out in the wilderness but they didn't come to bloodshed because these are still family members against family members yes. they're still kinsmen so having Israel fight each other is pretty rough
2: yes so But even in this one, like he, in this, um, even in this encounter, it was much like the one in chapter Mm -hmm. twenty-four. So, verse twenty, like when he was telling Saul, explained to him how insignificant this was. The idiom that he used, a flea, is. A small Mm -hmm. bug and a partridge in the mountains. Partridges are already small birds and now you add a mountain to it. It's really giving a comparison of how small and how insignificant it is and it does kind of seem like David is saying Saul you're wasting your time with this like like there's no point to this there's you're not gonna get any good food out of this so why would you continue to do it? Why do that? Like, how you guys talk to us. Is this one little sin worth all the other things that we could have gotten? Is it really worth all the trouble to to go through with this? Does it make mm-hmm. any sense? Do you get anything good out of it? No, you never do.
1: No, sin doesn't produce anything good for anyone. Sure doesn't. Never has, never will. So it's like that between David and Saul right now. Sure. I mean, Saul, Saul could have been enjoying his kingdom, right? Yes. I mean, clearly the Lord has already showed him that David is his replacement, and he understands that. But clearly at the same time, it's not right now. So he could have been just blessing the Lord, enjoying God, and raising his family, you know, continuing to minister to them and doing whatever it is, being about the king's business. While his time is, instead of letting people who have their own motives, whatever they were, you know, and of course it's a spiritual thing behind it, but letting people cause him to be robbed of his season or what what time he was in, so could have been at home sleep instead of sleeping on the ground.
0: Any other questions or comments or?
2: Anything revealed. Oh. I also kind of found it interesting, not that it's a bad thing, but after David talked to Saul again that Saul he kind of um I would say he kind of repent because he said, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall do great things and also still
0: stupid well blessing someone and repenting are two different things
2: i mean like he wasn't like he wasn't selling hatred mm-hmm. about yeah he
1: dating. wasn't cursing him mm-hmm. or anything like that
0: mm-hmm. so he'd at least come to that place where he could bless him and not try to kill him in the moment so that that is moving forward which is great But what's his standing relationship with the Lord? All right, where does that stand? And that's not just for Saul, that's for all of us. All right, something we should all reflect on. We all need to make sure that we are in good standing with the Lord. I'll say clearly we need a relationship with him. But a relationship where we understand that he's our God and we're his people. We are humble, submitted to him, and and by humble I also mean that there's this aspect, we can boldly come before him, but it's a, a realization, a recognition that everything we have comes from the Lord. He raises up, he sits down, he is the one that blesses us with everything. Right? every aspect of our being he exalts us he anoints us he appoints us to wherever that that place is to accomplish his purpose not our own okay yes. all right well let's close there for today Lily, you want to close us up in prayer yes all right
2: Lord I thank you for today and for your goodness lord and for helping us each grow, Lord, in the the things of you, and for just being God in who you are, Lord, and making it so that we don't ever have to worry for, for anything, Lord, and that we're never left searching for stuff, Lord, because you always provide it, Lord. And I ask that you equip every heart and every mind today, Lord, to go about your business and keep them on the path of righteousness, Lord, and I just continue to bless your holy name, Lord, because you are good and you're faithful, and you are p- able to perform all that you have said, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.
0: Well, everybody have a wonderful day. Bye. Yes, God, God bless you. Bless you. And God bless you.
1: Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ.